Hype Beast Radio. I'm Jeff Staple, and this is The Business of Hype, a show about creative entrepreneurs, brand builders, innovators, and the realities behind the dreams they've built. In the art world, it's actually really hard to stand out from the crowd and create something totally new. Open Instagram and you might see a lot of OGs who have paid their dues finally getting their shine. And you'll see some new thing creep up in some random corner of the social media universe, but then disappear just as quickly as they came in. But every once in a while, a new artistic expression pops up and catches the attention of everyone. Visualize, if you will, an all-white backdrop with simple black accents. And it's as if you're looking at a hand-drawn version of a real-life object sitting in front of you. Somehow, you know it's three-dimensional, yet it looks two-dimensional. It could be an Air Force One, it could be a traffic cone, or a porta potty or a barbecue grill, or a full-on bedroom, or maybe even an airplane. And if you follow the world of streetwear, street art, sneakers, and hype culture, you probably already know the visual language that I'm talking about. Today's Business of Hype guest caught my attention a couple of years ago because even though the work seemed like very simple pieces, they spoke loudly to me. The mastermind behind this shares his story on how someone who's probably done everything under the sun can find himself stuck between a rock and a hard place with absolutely nothing to lose and yet pivot into becoming an extremely successful artist. Today, the one and only Joshua Videz joins us on The Business of Hype. Coming in all the way from Los Angeles, California, who do we have in the NYC Business of Hype studio? My name is Joshua Videz. I'm, uh, I'm 30 years old. I'm a dad and I'm a husband, graphic designer and artist. All right. Yep. Thanks for coming, man. Yeah, thank you. Um, I've known you for a long time. We've known of each other for a very, very long time. Yes. We've traveled in a lot of the same circles for yeah. many, many years now. How long would you say? <sighs> maybe like five to seven. Yeah. Maybe earlier. Just like maybe. me rolling with the hundreds or something. And right. And bumping into each other or something. Yeah. yeah. At trade shows and yeah. stuff. Um, but yeah, you've you've seen a lot. You've been through a lot. Even though you're relatively young, you're 30. Yeah. You've had a lot of chapters in your life already. For sure. And I think, you know, that's that's one of the interesting things about having you on the show is that you've lived many career paths and lives that I think a lot of listeners are debating whether they should get into. For sure. And you having tasted all of them, it's a good person to talk to because you've like <laughs> you know the pros and cons of yeah, each one. Definitely. Yeah. Um I am going to throw you under the bus for one second. Yeah, of course. You're the only guest that overslept on me on an appointment <laughs> in Mexico City. We were supposed to do this in Mexico City. Yep. I had the whole room booked, set up for you. Dude, I feel so bad. It and was, he oh hits me God. up. Uh, I just woke up, dude. Well, the worst part was like, I went, okay, I went here's, to bed. Here's your chance to do the excuse. Go ahead. Tell yeah, me yeah. the excuse. I went to bed and everything was cool and I was like ready to go. And like for whatever reason, I don't know if it was a cable or something, but my phone just died. It wasn't charging. And I woke up like the second I hit you. 
So there was like a so lot. Your dude, phone I had, died overnight. I had, so I had like four alarms or something. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? Um, <laughs> and so I like I wake up and I'm like something doesn't feel right. Like, like you know, you know when I, you like, feel like I got too much sleep. I yeah, just exactly. And I woke up and like I have kids, so usually I'm up at like six like uh-huh. every day, yeah. and I just knew something was off. Mm-hmm. And um, I like reach over and I was like, yeah. what? Like. No, and then like I'm like plugging it in and like <laughs> you whatever. Had to, you had to wait to yeah, plug and it I'm, in. I'm like, sitting there and I'm like fucking like I'm putting on my clothes because I was like, can I pull it off? I don't even know what time it is yet because yeah. there's no clocks. Uh-huh. And then like my phone turns on and it's like nine thirty six and we we're supposed to link at nine thirty. Yeah, and I was like, I'm fucked. Like, <laughs> and then I had a flight at like eleven or something. You know, <laughs> right. it was terrible. My so bad. okay, so we're blaming the Mexico City <laughs> electrical infrastructure. I guess, but that should suck. <laughs> All good. We we made it happen here in New York. Um, all right, so. Take us through, if you can, all the different phases in your life. I mean, you worked within a streetwear brand, yeah. right? So, I mean, what really happened was I started the brand before that. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I started the brand in 2009, which is called Classic. Mm-hmm. C-L-S-C. Yeah, me, yep. a bunch of guys from, um, at the time, I was living in a city called Ranch Cucamonga. And we were all just, like, working at the mall. And, like, we we're all homies. And we all, like, wore the hundreds and staple and shit, mm-hmm. you know. And so we started Classic. And then... Um, we did that for a few seasons, and then I was super on Bobby's post at the time, and he his, posted his blog, yeah, 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 and he posted, "Hey, we just bought our screen printer," uh-huh. and I was like, "Oh shit!" And he was like, basically inviting other people to go through them to get their shit printed. Mm-hmm. At the time, we had a printer, but I was like, "Yo, this is a huge door we can take advantage of potentially," you know, and so um, we went to Rosewood, their store on, in LA, and we were just talking to the guys, and we're like, yo, can you put us in contact with like whoever? And they're like, yeah, it's Ben's brother, John, that mm-hmm. owns Mixed Media. Called them the next day, and they started printing our shit, and just a couple months later, uh, John called me, and he was like, yo, do you want to you know, come work here? And I was like, yeah, I dropped my shit and started the next day. <laughs> yeah. John, why did he just offer you a job? I mean, for sure, I was asking, you know, yeah. over and over. Even at, at Rosewood, I'm like, yo, I'll clean the bathroom. Like, I was just trying to get in, uh-huh. you know. And uh, for sure, you know, we'd go up there, and then we got cool with John and uh, old man Nick, who still works there. Shout out to Nick. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, we were cool. We were doing business together. They are printing our shirts, and they were laughing at us because, like, this is how the 100 started, you know. <laughs> and then just, you know, one day he was just like, yo, do you really, he calls me, he's like, do you really want to work here? He's mm-hmm. like, do you live in Ranch Cucamonga right now? Like, are you going to, what are you going to do? And I was what like. What is that commute? My brother lived in L.A. at the time. I was like. Oh, Rancho Cucamonga is not even L.A.? No, dude, it's like an hour east. Okay. Yeah, I'm in the burbs. <laughs> okay. I'm out there. <laughs> um, and he was just like, if you're serious, uh-huh. like, be here tomorrow, eight in the morning, $7 an hour, whatever. And I was like, cool. Went home and I had a Civic at the time and I fucking <laughs> packed that shit out. I'm like driving to LA and I called my brother. I'm like, can I sleep on your couch for a couple of weeks? Yeah, I don't fucking know. Goes, and he yeah. was just like, dude, I have a one bedroom. I'm like, uh-huh. sure. And so I probably slept on his floor for like six months and then yeah. I got my own crib. Nice. Uh, did working at so you worked at Mixed Media, technically? Yeah, Mixed Media. The, the, the which is shop. the silk screen print shop that the Hundreds yes, own. exactly. Okay. So did you ever work for the Hundreds, the company? Uh, later on, um, I came back as West Coast Sales, um, like maybe three, four years later. Okay. Yeah. Did working at the Hundreds slash Mixed Media help with Classic? For sure. Yeah. Also? I mean, one was, you know... Just the people, it, like the warehouse guys, you know, Lil Mike and like Tito would be like, yo, like, what's up? Why don't I have anything kind of joking? Mm-hmm. And then I just brought a box one day of just like mad larges and mediums and stuff, you know, and like everybody supported it just because yeah. like I was 
a van driver, you know? And they're like, <laughs> yeah, he's got a little brand, whatever, yeah. you know? And then it got to, you know, Ben being like, why is everyone fucking wearing classic? Like, why don't I have anything? And then, mm -hmm. you know, Bobby being like, yo, that hoodie's cool. Mm -hmm. And then they started kind of posting me and my old partner, Nelson, on the blog. Like, yeah. next American, you know, streetwear brand. Uh -huh. So they classic. started talking yeah. about yeah. you. Yeah. And, the, you know, the blog was massive at right. the time. Right, right. Yeah. So it helped with exposure. Did it also help for you to understand how to run the business of classic? Not, not yet. Okay. I was learning more, but again, I was just a van driver. So there mm -hmm. would be like, I would see some things and figure some things out, yeah. you know, like, but it was through working through everybody is how I like really got that schooling. Okay. Mm -hmm. You had a partner, you said? I had a partner. It just wasn't working out at the time. We had started it and it, maybe we were like three, four years in and I was just like, dude, your mind's somewhere else. I need to do this. Mm -hmm. And I think I had just found out that I was going to have a kid. And so I was like, I need to do this. How many years ago was this? Uh, I think he left in 2014. Well, when was your first kid born? 2013. So it was 2013. That's your, you have two kids? I have three kids. Three kids. Yeah. Dude, Cash Money, Verona, and November. They're the best. Those are the names? Yeah, yeah. Cash Money. Well, Cassius. Cassius. Uh, Cassius, Verona, and November. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. So when you, do you remember when you got the job at Mixed Media? How much sales was Classic doing at the time? <sighs> Nothing. You know, we were printing like 48 shirts each style, uh -huh. each color. You Did know? you have, were you e-com? Were you distributing wholesale? We were e-com. We were doing some wholesale, um, you know, three shops. Mm -hmm. And like... Did Reedspace ever carry Classic? Yeah, yeah. We did a okay. collab. Uh, I don't know if you remember. It was, um, it was like a long sleeve. I don't know who the buyer was. At oh, the wait. Time, yeah. It was a basketball inspired yeah, yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. It was that was a good one. That was, a good that one. was really that was a good. One, yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, we weren't really... Nah, dude. We, we Again, maybe like, three were you retailers. Doing 100K? No way. No way. <laughs> oh, when you say nothing, you really dude, mean nothing. Dude, we were probably making like 25000 a year. Maybe. <laughs> like, a thousand a maybe month. Maybe less, dude. It was like... It's like a paper wrap. Yeah. We were just like... We were just trying to do it. You yeah. know, with like... And at the time... You know, we both had jobs, so we didn't have mad money. Mm -hmm. We were both working at the mall. So, mm -hmm. you know, our production runs were like $2,000. And I'd be like, we're broke. Like, yeah, we got to go pay for this. Right. Yeah, it's crazy. But there's something fun about that, isn't there? Yeah, I mean, dude, looking back, it's like, I'm just glad I went for it. You know, that shit's scary as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have any regrets about doing nah, that? Nah, nah, I don't regret anything. Life's a lesson. When did you decide, um, or I don't, know, I don't even know if it officially is, but when did you decide, like, all right, classic is gonna stop um did it is it is it stopped no, or is it on pause no, no uh, i mean i'm i'm gone completely from it but um, oh you oh classic exists without you right now yeah oh i didn't know I that mean, it's very very small like even smaller than back then yeah, probably <laughs> to be honest dude okay um, so talk about that how did you separate yourself from classic so that was april 2017 was officially like the day i was like i'm out mm -hmm. you know and uh a few months before that, I mean, long story short, dude, just retail got super weird in 2017. And, you know, like we had yet to like open up big box business. So we were going super boutique and like doing that route. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we opened up Zoomies with like these high expectations and like it wasn't really checking like that. Mm -hmm. And um, the other thing is my team at the time were my best friends which I recommend nobody does that because basically like the first person, do you remember Red, the sales guy? Yeah. Yeah. So Red was like the classic sales guy. Mm -hmm. And um, 
it was just time for him to go do his own thing. Mm -hmm. And so like once he left and like the next guy left and like, you know, and it's just like, I was like having to find new people and I was just like, I don't know, you know, I was like, it just doesn't feel the same anymore. Investors came on after my partner left Mm -hmm. and I just kind of went to them and I was just like, yo, dude, I'm like not having fun anymore. Like, you know, like this is cool and like the check's okay, but like I got to go do something else. Mm -hmm. And that's when like the kind of idea of helping other people um, came about and that's like the hundreds like brought me on as like a special project guy you know just like kind of like 1099 on the side and uh we started i started just helping other people with design and yeah I, right it was it was a really rough transition yeah because it's classic was your baby yeah dude it was everything yeah. you know and like my name was classic josh right on instagram you yeah. know like my whole life was dedicated i got tattoos of classic on me you know like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it was everything and understanding that i needed to like leave something behind that yeah. I started was really tough. I was like depressed for like six months. Word. I can yeah. imagine. It was rough. You said investors came on. How did you find those investors? Um, they found me at Agenda... Vi- no, it might have been Magic still. Yeah, no, it was Magic still. And I was at the seventh letter now. So I, I drove the van for the hundreds and then I left to go work at the seventh letter and I was doing everything there. Sales, production customer service mm-hmm. shipping orders everything it was like a one-man show <laughs> um and i was at that booth and classic was like kind of doing decent now mm-hmm. and uh, like nelson and, and bryce at the time bryce is the marketing manager at the hundreds now was on the team too and they're like going around agenda like showing the catalog to people like yo you're a buyer yo can we show you something real quick and so i was at the seventh letter booth taking full advantage and like having people come yeah. and i'd be showing them classic and uh jay parto um, I don't know if you know Jay. He he owned uh, part of Primitive. He owns Forties and Shorties with okay. Drew Bird and those guys. He came up and he just liked me because I was like a young kid, you know, trying to survive. And he's like, "Yo, these guys are investors. Da da da. They work with Hall of Fame, published. Da da da." I'm okay. like, "Cool, they get it." And uh-huh. right, basically, you know, a few months in, they're just like, "You need money to grow. Mm-hmm. We're gonna help. We're helping all these other guys." And I was just like, "Fuck it." Like, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't, you know, I didn't really have any other options at the time. And in exchange for the money, you give them equity. In the yeah, company. they came on. They got like forty nine percent. I kept fifty one. Okay. Yeah. And in hindsight, was that a good deal? I mean, looking back at it now, that whole that's a whole nother podcast. But um, <laughs> no, it's this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was like no, I, I learned know, a lot from yeah. that partnership, man. And you know, uh, I hate to say it, but it's a big reason why the brand went like that, what happened to the brand happened was because those guys got involved and just like you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was just two people trying to make the same thing happen, but I had like different goals and aspirations that they did and I worked differently, you know? Yeah. But uh, yeah, they come on, they got a fat chunk and honestly, they just gave us too, I don't want to say they gave us too much money, but I'll put it to you this way. There was one year and we're sitting down going over all the like, you know, taxes, getting ready for the year and they're like, dude, you spent $28,000 on taxis and like Uber (laughs) this year. And I was like, word, I mean, I don't, you know? Like they weren't, they weren't like monitoring or like yeah. telling me to chill or like, dude, it was just like endless cash. And we were like, you know, going to Paris and like doing uh-huh. pop-up shops and like, but the pop-up shops, we were in like doing the math and mm-hmm. understanding that you we were needed spending to, too much. Yeah. To like make, we'd yeah. make a hundred shirts and we'd go to Taiwan, three of us. Right. And it's like, so there was a, it sounds like to me, there was maybe like a lack of control. Of for the, sure. Yeah. But it was also me just like being a hothead and just being like, I want to, you know, I don't uh-huh. need your help. I can do all this by myself. Da, mm-hmm. da, da. And they're kind of just like stepped off, you know, mm-hmm. but, and obviously that ended up hurting the business. Yeah. Do they, are they the company that still owns it? To this yeah, day? yeah. Yeah. They're still running it. Okay. Yeah. All right. So 
do you remember sitting down with them and saying you're leaving? Or was it they sat down with you and said you should leave? Well, by the time this came up, like two of the guys were gone. So there's only one guy left. It was three investors okay. and they were all like differently, you know, doing Funded, something. Yeah. yeah. So two guys had gone. So there's one guy left. And uh, I remember I was like, yo, can we link? Can we link? And he just knew what was, what was going down, you know, because also I had started helping ComplexCon. And so I was busy as fuck. Like you were taking on consulting gigs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I was never at the office, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, and um, you know, you could tell when shit like that happens, yeah. you know. And so yeah, I remember just sitting him down and it's like, listen, dude, like I appreciate everything, it's been great, but like I gotta roll. And he was just like, What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Like you know, he yeah. was like, well, like how? And I was just like, I don't know, I just I don't wanna do it anymore. I'm like, You keep going, you know. <laughs> Which also meant you can have my fifty one percent for yeah, nothing. Yeah, nah, I didn't. Like, Damn, you we were didn't. really, really over it. We didn't even have money. Like, it, it, uh, I don't know. We were we were mad in debt for sure. I uh-huh. think we were like two hundred k in debt or something at the time. And I was wow. just like, you know. Do you remember how much sales you had gotten it? Like, what was the max you got it to? Um, bread got us to. <laughs> I mean, he was a guy. He was right. the only sales. Sales, guy. yeah. But we were in like three hundred stores. No big box. Which is wild, yeah. Worldwide, all independent. Um, I want to say like between one point seven to two was like our peak, mm-hmm. and we we're on fire. I was like, "This is it! <laughs> I could retire." You know, I was like, "This is it! I did it!" <laughs> right. Um, that was our highest, but yeah. By the time I left, you know, we were probably back to like seven hundred k or something. Mm-hmm. You know, we dropped for sure. Yeah, yeah. And it, I, it's funny when you just know. It's time to go. Yeah. It was rough though, man. Like, you know, I was like, fortunately I have my wife. So I, every day I'd be like, what am I doing? Like, yeah, you know, she kind of helped me do that whole thing. It was rough. dude. So when you walked away, not only did you walk away from your equity, but you also walked away from a steady paycheck. Uh, yeah. I mean, like it was decent, you know, but also again, like complex con was paying me a salary. Like mm-hmm. the hundreds had me on a nice little retainer. Mm-hmm. And so even, I, I just knew I was going to be okay, like financially. Yeah. And then we start, uh, me and my partner, Ken, started work well. And that's when we started like saying and telling people like, we can help you with yeah. stuff, you know? And I remember so, that post. Yeah, yeah. That was a big post. Yeah. Like, it, it's weird when someone in streetwear goes down. Yeah. It's like one of the homies like Yo, took for a bullet. Sure. Like, yeah. Like recently, Benny Gold was yeah. like, oh, damn, yeah. you know, it's tough. But I remember that post vividly. And then you said you have... A new business, which is more like an agency. Yeah, so we tried that out, and uh, I just, I don't know, a few months in, dude, you know what it's like. Freelance, freelance it's tough, man. And like, Well, on the one hand, not, one business is you're slinging gear, yeah. and you're just trying to find yeah. more people to buy your gear. And then mm-hmm. the other one, you're slinging services, and you're trying to find clients. And it's yeah. live or die by how many clients you get. Yeah, and it's like, how, how do you figure that shit? You know, people are like, okay, so how much is this? And you're like, fuck, I've never even, like... <laughs> Dude, think about that. Uh, 10,000? They're like, whoa. I'm like, nah, I mean, five? I've like, one. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take 500 bucks, you know? Um, it was 10,000 or 500. Yeah. Either, whichever you prefer. Yeah. Or exposure. Fuck it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, that, that was, that, that just, how like, long did that help. last for? I mean, it's technically still happening, but my partner basically is just like completely took it over just because everything that's going on now. And I just mm-hmm. don't, I can't even think oh. about doing something like that right now. He's still running it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a little piece of it, but, um, you know, I'll throw him obviously with everything going on. I'll be like, oh, Workwell has to do this or this, 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 you right, know, right. Workwell did all the production for Complex Con, you okay. know, even though that was my job to do. I was like, fuck, I, guess yeah. I need help. That's dope. Yeah. That's a smart way to do it, actually. Because yeah. then you could do what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
One of the great things about Josh is the fact that he has these chapters in his life that led him to where we're about to get in this podcast, and that's his art. He didn't go into art school and he didn't necessarily study or shadow other traditional artists. He did something I wish more young people would do, and that's just be someone who tries things out, trips, fails, fucks up, and eventually figures out what works. Josh did sales, production, office management, design, owned a brand, you name it, and he probably did it. It's hard not to be pressured into a single lane career track. Trust me, I get it. We all have to eat. I mean, schools want you to declare majors. Social media is telling us that your peers just landed a great job. And even when you create a profile, you have to choose one profession that describes everything that you want to do. But I'm here to tell you that there is nothing wrong with gaining experience in different places and different fields. It's how you define them, connect them, and write the narrative that ultimately determines what your future should look like. It's important to know that when you have the attitude of wanting to clean bathrooms for the hundreds, it's not that that's all you want to do, but it's a mindset of willing to do anything to get started. When you're in the environment of where you want to be, you learn firsthand what it takes. The tools you learn on the job will eventually allow you to build your own dream. Josh is a true entrepreneur where he soaks things up like a sponge and then goes after it. It doesn't matter if it's something completely foreign to him. He finds the resources to figure out how to do it. All right, so we've we've uh, just a recap of where we're at right now. You've worked in a streetwear brand, worked for a production printer company. You've then you had your own brand, yeah, and then you lost your own brand, yeah, <laughs> and then you started your own agency, yeah. left your agency, yep. And then what was next? Where were you at now? Did you have a, a moment of clarity where you're like, "What the fuck do I do now?" Yeah, again, dude, I was bottom of the barrel, like, and I was broke, like. I wasn't in the position that I thought I was going to be at, you know, at like 28. In 28, life, you have three one kids. kid or two? No, that, no, we had two at the two time. Two at the time. Two yeah. kids married, 28, and broke. Yeah, it's, and it's, that sounds terrible, you know? Like, <laughs> it was rough, and um, it was just a whole lot of soul searching, man, and just like, what am I supposed to be doing? Mm-hmm. You know, going thinking back to the basics, like, what am I good at? I was supposed to go get a job. I applied for like PacSun and like Adidas and all this shit. Mm-hmm. Like, it was a wrap. Yeah. I was like, I was done being that guy right check me into the rat race yeah like, just I, was just gonna, I honestly was like i had already like turned off and you know like fortunately in that time frame i was like you got one more thing just give one more thing a shot one and then call swing. it quits okay. i mean you know what it's like you know what i'm saying yeah. like we're never really gonna stop creating it's right. impossible i'm gonna be 80 painting you know <laughs> trying to design a shoe or right. whatever and uh I remember uh, I, I drew on the shoe and... You drew you drew on a what? An Air Force One? Well, actually, I drew on a Reebok Classic. Okay. And I showed Frank the Butcher and he was like, what's this? And then... You drew the black, you drew the black lines. Yeah, yeah. On, the, on a white on classic. A, yeah. And I sent it to him and I was like, yo, what do you think? And he was just so confused. Like, he was like... You sent him the shoe or you sent him the image? An uh, image. But then, like, I also made it like an ad. I, like, wrote Reebok <laughs> Classic. I, I can I find... It. I'll find it after this. I love it. And I sent it to him. And he, like, dude, you know, we probably saw each other at, like, trade shows and shit or whatever. Like, we we're not, like, best friends. Yeah. You know, we talk, obviously. And I just sent it over to him. Uh-huh. And he was like, dope. Like, what is this? You know? And I was like, oh, I just wanted you know, to show you. Right, right. You know? That's the worst when you like put in effort. You're like, yo, look. Yeah, yeah. Yes, and? It's like, 
Uh, nothing. I just no, thought but, it would but, be but funny. The cool part was the next day I say something else. I was like, I could ship it to you. And he's like, wait, what? And then I was like, I don't know. And he's like, oh, it's a shoe. I was like, yeah. He's like, oh my God, you drew that. I was like, yeah. He's like, oh, fuck yeah, send that up. You uh-huh. know, so the next day was better. <laughs> Confidence was fucking <laughs> shattered. Um, and then, you know, I'm at home and I'm like, do I post this? And then, you uh-huh. know, just, I don't know, the business side of my mind was like, maybe get a shoe that's more familiar. Okay. You know, that's smart. To hopefully hit, you know, the, the goal obviously was to hit. Yeah. And so, yeah, I ran down to the store and grabbed a pair of Air Force Ones. I, just, I was like, everyone has probably had a pair of Air Force. It's the Air Force One, you yeah, know? It's a, it's a the classic. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so I do that, and I draw on it, and uh, I post it. And, um, yeah, I was, like, nothing happened the first time. Mm-hmm. Like, a few people were like, okay. I think a lot of people were just like, what the fuck is Josh doing? Like, confused, yeah. Yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, he's going crazy. I was confused. I was fucking going crazy. Um, <laughs> but that got me here, so thank God, right? Right. Um, but what what prompted you to even start drawing on shoes? Um, I mean... Were you, you trying to hit something that would go viral, or were you just fucking around? I was just so lost in the sauce that I, I was just... I've been drawing my whole life. I'm yeah. sure you have, too. Yeah. You know? Um, and uh, I... Th- I didn't. I didn't obviously expect what has happened to happen, but oh yeah, I'm sure. I thought it was cool. I thought it was cool as fuck, and I thought that it was like new and refreshing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and like we see so much shit all the time, you know. And especially in the sneaker world, it's uh-huh. like it's really hard to hit. Yeah, because it's so completely oversaturated. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I mean. But wait, I, so just take me back. Did you have the Reebok on, and you're just like. I have to do something that's going to be so different. Or were you just like, da, 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 fucking around, like whatever? Or were you like, let me jo- think of what is going to pop? Well, what before this was, um, I actually watched that show, Abstract, on Netflix. Yeah. And I watched the Tinker Hatfield episode. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there with my wife, fucking drinking wine in bed. And I'm just like, where's all the other sketches? Like, where's all the shit that no one's ever seen? Because mm. he's probably got some hitters, you yeah. know? And she's like, ah, oh, they're probably in a warehouse somewhere in Portland. And I was like, what the fuck? Imagine somebody found those, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, my mind started... Uh, building you know, a story. Almost, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I was like, wait, like, everything starts at a sketch. Why aren't we talking about designers more? And then in my mind, again, I was probably losing my mind at the time. Mm-hmm. And then, um, like, literally the next morning, I, like, run at my wife. I'm like, here's the concept. It's making everything look like the beginning, taking everything back to the origin. The flat and da, 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 sketch. Yeah. yeah. And she's like, what? And then I was like, like this, you know? And I drew and I was like, imagine if I made the shoe look like this. And uh-huh. she was like, oh, that's cool. Uh-huh. And then God went outside, found a pair of Reeboks in my garage, spray painted them white, you know, did yeah. that whole thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So there was, there was some strategy. Here. For sure. Wow. That's yeah. dope. And I think also the other key thing is that your art has to exist because of Instagram. 100%. Right? Yeah. Because if you don't have the image first, yeah. the, the joke isn't hitting. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So that's the genius of it, too. Yeah. So you're taking advantage of the way young people communicate as well. Yeah. And it's just so fast. You see it and yeah. you understand, like, you know, is that a draw? You know, right. it, like, makes you think it's not just another picture of, like, trees or something, right. you know? All right. Um, so then you do the Air Force One. A little buzz happens. When does the tipping point happen on the Air Force One? Dude, it wasn't until next year. So I posted what? it. I posted it. Nothing happens. You know, I think, like, Dennis just goes, like, sick, you know? Uh-huh. And I'm like, ah, at the time, I'm like, fuck yeah, I got one, you know? Um, and everyone was just like, interesting, you know, whatever. And I remember writing, like, the concept is just, you know, to take everything back to uh, its originality, that it's sketching, you know? But 
I posted it, nothing happened, but I wasn't done. I was like, this is, I love this, mm-hmm. whatever this is. Yeah. I know there's something there. I feel it. You know okay. what I'm saying? And so, you know, the next day I like get him a Dernica chair, paint it white, put okay. the lines on, show my wife. She's like, this is fucking crazy. And then she's like, you got to show your hobbies. And so I start texting like Red, Jesse, Carlos. And I'm like, okay. look at this. And everyone's like, whoa, like this is cool. Mm-hmm. Like you made this? And I'm like, yeah. And then uh, it was low key. Yeah. And um, painted a bear brick, posted a bear brick. It's still up. It still only has like a hundred likes or something. It's that far back. Uh-huh. And I remember I posted it and it's still nothing. And I was like, all right, this is, this ain't working. I got to go big, you know? <laughs> oh, um, oh, this ain't working. I got to go big. Not yeah. this ain't working. I'm going to stop. Nah, it just, it, I knew there was something there. You're so stubborn. You know? it's For amazing. sure. <laughs> um, okay. What's going big? I keep, so I keep painting everything and yeah. then I'm like, fuck it. I'm going back to my roots. Cause I, you know, I was painting, um, in high school and middle school graffiti. And so I was like, I'm going to go do something outside. Mm-hmm. And my wife was like, all right, just don't get caught, you know? <laughs> and so I go outside and I, I'm like two tall cans deep cause I'm an idiot. And like, I go out and I spray paint, um, like a barbecue at a park. Uh huh. Cause at Rancho, it's just like, no one's out, you know? Yeah. Do it, take a photo of it. I'm fucking like on crazy adrenaline, freaking out, haven't done anything like that since, you know, high school. And then I get home and I look at it and I was like, this is it. Like, I got to do shit on the streets. 100%. Explain what you did in the park. It was just, it was like a barbecue. You know, when you go like, oh, yeah, throw yeah, the, the charcoal grill. in, yeah, yeah. whatever. So I painted that. I you never, painted the grill. Yeah, and the whole thing. Dude, so I'm sitting there like one in the morning. Like, illegally. Yeah, for sure. Um, did you do the ground too? No, I stopped okay, just, where the pole hits the ground and, wow. I, and then I drew like a fake like square where whatever it would be standing on. Um, but I go home, I show her, it looks like shit. I'll show you that too. It's terrible. Okay. You um, posted it. No, I did it. Oh, okay. No, no, no. You just showed your wife. Yeah. And I'm like freaking out and she's like, dude, I haven't seen you like this in years. Mm-hmm. Like hyped. Yeah. And I was like, this is it. I was like, cool. I'm going to go paint something outside. And so like <laughs> in the next few weeks, I like painted a porta potty. Um, mm-hmm. um, a basketball, like backboard and rim and like the pole at a park. Right. You know, and I wasn't posting it yet. Uh-huh. And so I was like, this is what I'm going to do. Now it's like this end of December, 2007, uh, 16, 17. Are you still broke? Yes, very much so. <laughs> you still didn't get a job? No, no. Okay. I was banking on this, bro. Wow. Yeah. And then I was going to go get a job. Uh-huh. Right. And so I don't know if it's the same thing with you, but every fucking January 1st, I'm like, here we go. New, like, what yeah. are we doing this year? Yeah, you know? yeah. And so it's, it's like the end of January and I'm telling Ellie, my wife, and I'm like, I have content now that I haven't posted mm-hmm. and it's all ready to go. It looks yep. like sharp and fucking, I was like, I'm going to start January 1st okay. and I'm going to have 15 posts uh-huh. every other day. I'm going to post it and then I'm going to own this bitch. Uh-huh. Like, and she was like, poor, let's do it. And yeah. so repost of the fucking Nike shoe mm-hmm. kind of hits. You know, Better a little ball for sure. Let's say I got a thousand likes. Okay. Right. Which at the time I was like, oh shit. I yeah. had 6,000 followers. Right. Yeah. That's huge. Huge. And so two days later, mm-hmm. porta potty. Mm-hmm. People were like, what the fuck is this? Like, what am I looking at? And then like a couple more people. And um, obviously the homies start hitting me like, yo, this is cool. Like, this is yeah. interesting. Um, but what the day everything took off was Will Nichols. You, do, do you, you remember Will Nichols? Yeah. We did the podcast with you. Um, he was at the time running content for High Snobiety. Okay. And so he was like, yo, I'm going to post this thing. Mm-hmm. The whole series? or No, he was, oh, he, was like, he was like, let's do one for us, like okay. specifically. And I was like, cool. And so we went and got a pair of Vans. Uh-huh. 
did the whole thing. Because at that point, I think I had already posted the Jordan ones. And shit was just, fuck, you know, Nice Kicks was posting, da-da-da. Yeah. And, then, um, and then, yeah, HS posted. And then everybody posted. Mm-hmm. And, like, I was on Reddit and, like, weird shit. And, like, you know, like, my cousins <laughs> were hitting me, like, yo, I saw this thing on fucking who knows where. Yeah. Yahoo, whatever. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, like, PeopleMag.com. I was like. getting, um, that we counted it one day. There was one day I, like, got 5,000 followers in 24 hours. And then the next day was 2,000. Mm-hmm. And then the next day was 3,000. And right. it was just... I couldn't even Stacking. look at my phone. Yeah. And then I, but the best part is I still had all this content to post. More. From last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, here we go. Bah, bah, bah. Right. I was just, you know, had mad ammo. That's dope that you stockpiled your yeah. stuff. You didn't blow your load. Yeah, exactly. It was it was tough to do. I'm yeah. sure you know, you know, when you get your first sample and you're like, this is it. You right. Know? You want to show it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was happening. And then uh, the cone was a big one, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'd like, so I paint cones and I drop them in cities so kids can like get out and find them. Was, was the cone one of the earlier ones that you had stockpiled? Like, yeah. Is that- that was one of the early street ones. Yeah, and I, I was like, I was very strategic. I was like, this is going to be like my logo, I guess. You know, like this is going to be my thing. And Word. I'm going to do it. I had this whole thing. Like, but again, not having any like high expectation because mm-hmm. I don't think you're supposed to. Yeah. I was like, if this cracks off, cool. But right, it was almost you like still, building a brand. You but know? you still hadn't found a way to like monetize No yet. way. So you no. get all this buzz. Is your immediate instinct to be like, let's make t-shirts? Mm, no, <laughs> I was trying to stay away from that. Okay, good. Still try to stay away from that right, right. now. Um, it was it had I like I had to change my mindset uh-huh. of, from what I had learned and loved and known for a decade. Yeah, streetwear. Yep, and how to build a brand. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's why this whole thing. I was like, I can't do anything the same. Yeah, like new Josh, right. new life. You know. If you want to break into something completely new. And I'm saying start from scratch new. Some of the best approaches start with a completely blank slate. No preconceived notions on how things should be done and no more relying on what worked or didn't work in the past. It's why people find some of their best ideas when they're not sitting at their desk. But conversely, doing something completely unrelated. It's also why sometimes a completely fresh set of eyes is needed to look at work without the bias of what's already been discussed. Josh knew that if everything that he worked on prior to that moment didn't go the way he wanted, then a complete 180 degree shift might be just what the doctor ordered. And sometimes finding that new path might necessitate going all the way back to the very beginning, to what started it all. What started your passion in the first place? That might just be what you need to jumpstart your energy all over again. So. Tapping into his old graffiti roots, Josh picked up a spray can and got to work. This reminds me of past Business of Hype guest Jessica Washick, a great designer who tapped back into her passion for nail art to then move forward into footwear design at Nike. If everything you see isn't quite what you wanted, it might be time to look back and ask yourself what you truly love. Did you consider yourself an artist now? I mean, I've always considered myself but, an you know, artist. Like a, but this type of artist. I mean... Versus a creative. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's weird now just because 
like I've been, again, you've been drawing your whole life. I've been drawing my whole life. You know, I called myself an artist when I was like 12, you know, because yeah. I had like loved what I was doing. I like sold some drawings in elementary school. Yeah. I don't call myself an artist. I mean, I don't, I don't walk around and I'm like, yo, what's good? I'm an artist. You but know, you are now. I mean, to the world, if yeah. they want to call me that, yeah, that's, that's kind of what. More so than like when you own classic. Yeah. yeah I was a brand owner. Yeah. You know, right. yeah. Again, I've always considered myself one, but now the world is calling me. Yeah. One, yeah. You know? Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, things were, things were doing well and I was just like, how am I gonna, how am I gonna grow this? I can't just keep painting shoes and like little things. And that's when I was like, we're doing a whole space. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we did that in February of 2018. So where was that? LA. How, I mean, how did you get the space? Um, you heard of the store, the storefront.com? Yeah. Yeah. Where it's you like get, Airbnb. Yeah. Where you get pop-up stores. Space. Okay. Yeah. And so I went on there and, uh. <laughs> you're about to vandalize the space yeah and i looked at it we found it and again bro zero dollars i looked at my wife and i was like this is gonna cost like eight grand mm -hmm. basically we're gonna have nothing and she was like go for it like fuck it it was sick yeah <laughs> so uh um, so whatever savings you had you put into this eight grand pop-up dude i probably had like 10 grand in my savings to be totally honest damn yeah it was rough i was for sure check to check like you know um what were you going to sell out of this pop-up space? Honestly, my mind was more so just get people here. Like, get people to take a photo of this thing and show the world what the fuck this thing is. Because I knew that it was going to look amazing when the whole space was done. I could, like, purposely found an all-white cube, mm -hmm. very good lighting, mm -hmm. you know. The perspective was great. Yeah. I wasn't even, like, we sold some shit, obviously, but it wasn't enough to make to our make money them. back even you know we, we had like 10 decks on the wall and at the time they're like 100 bucks each yeah and you're like ben bobby kellen came by and they're like yeah i'll take a deck mm -hmm. you know it's 100 bucks and so we sold everything but you know we probably made like four grand or something <laughs> i definitely didn't calculate that correctly but you know 1500 people show up in two days and i jump up like 15,000 followers and now there's new conversations new eyes all this stuff uh -huh, uh -huh. and then uh frank <laughs> cook hit me and he was the first person to like invest invest in what just like like he was like i love what you're doing uh -huh. one i need a pair of shoes mm -hmm. and two i'm gonna get you this fucking jordan gig for all-star mm -hmm. he's like you cool with that i'm like <laughs> was he at jordan at the time <laughs> yeah yeah okay i was like of course bro yeah. you know and you know he was like what are we gonna do and he's like we have all-star in two weeks mm -hmm. and i just i need you to do something there you're popping we gotta do this that i love you that and uh yeah, that was the first like commercial gig I ever got. That was the first time anyone ever paid me to like be somewhere. Yeah, yeah, it's fucking crazy. Was, so was it considered a consulting gig for you? Uh, no, that was just like full me, you know. And I didn't even have an LLC or anything for this. Everything that's happening, so yeah. I was just like paid out to Joshua Vita. Like, Were you drawing on Jordan's like by hand? It was it was multiple things. So he he makes it happen, and then boom, he puts me in touch with Game Seven, which is like yep. you know running the production and the whole budget for everything. And they're like, we want you to uh, paint on shoes for a day, four hours, five hours, whatever, okay. at the location. And we want 16 regulation-sized metal backboards. Okay. Huge. Uh -huh. And this is two weeks away. And right. I'm, they're like, you can do that, right? I'm like, sure, whatever. Mm -hmm. And uh, call my contractor. I'm like, yo, can you pull this off? He's like, fuck no. Like, what? Metal? <laughs> He's like, These gonna, they're going to be so heavy. Like, whatever. I was like, we have to, we have to do it. <laughs> um, so, so you did you pull it off? For sure, the backboards, yes. everything, everything. So, and which all stars this? What, um, what's the 2018 mm -hmm. in LA? Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. at least it's local. Yes, okay, yes, cool. yes. 
And so, and so, how do you know how much to ask Jordan to pay you to do this? So, okay, there's two parts to this conversation. One was they wanted me at a place for X amount of hours. Okay, you so personally they're like, signing. They yeah. hit me. I've never heard this ever in my life. They're like, "What's your daily rate?" Mm-hmm. I was like, "What the fuck are you talking right. about?" Um, and how much are the backboards? Uh huh. Which is the cost? Yes. Yep. And so. I hit my contractor and I'm like, how much are these things? Like, r- be real. And he was like, fucking $1,000 each. And uh-huh. I'm like, fuck, like, that's a shitload of money. And they want uh-huh. 16 of them. Okay. And so I didn't know what, dude, I was so like nervous. Like, I didn't want to lose a job. Yeah. I would have done it for free. I swear to God, I'll still do it for free today. You know what I'm saying? Like, not really, but. So you figured, okay, 16 grand ish for the backboards that's just for them to pay for you know i right. have to you pay make, for that you know and you make nothing exactly that. yeah and so and that's fuck at the time bro i'm like i don't i even have it <laughs> you i have like, like three thousand dollars <laughs> or something you know and i'm like uh okay so i fortunately call will uh and i'm like because he's a photographer he gets asked all the time what his daily rate is right and so i call him and i'm like yo uh weird question and i hate to fucking do this but like what's your daily rate mm-hmm. you know and um He's like, I'm not gonna put him on the spot, but he's like, it's. But he knew the number. Yeah, yeah. He's he, like, he he's like this many thousand dollars, right? And uh-huh. I'm like, oh my god, you can pay that much, you know, to like freak it out. He's like, yeah. He's like, but you should ask for more. He's like, you're popping. Uh huh. You're an artist, like da 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 da. And I'm like, what? He's like, ask for more. And I was like, okay. Yeah. And he's like, and I, and then I, you know, he just breaks down events in general. Again, I had never done anything like mm-hmm. this, like large, you know. Right. Um, and he's like, look, dude, there's a stupid budget behind this thing. Throw out whatever you want for those backboards. Like they probably need it more than, you know, Mm. right. Right. Like they'll have nothing to show if you don't. And I was like, okay. (laughs) And so, uh, dude, I remember talking to the guy, games seven, uh, his name is Russell. And he's like, yo, we got to know if we got to get a contract together. I was like, okay. Wait, did they know that you were stalling to get No, no, no. This is, this is all in like six hours, like very quickly. Like we didn't know if you're doing it or you're out, you know? Okay. Um, yeah, dude, they're like, we got to know by the end of the day if you're in or not and what the price for everything is, okay. which now I know is like, shit changes like this, no problem. They mm-hmm. could go get some other guy, easy, you right. know? Um, and so, dude, I go, daily rates, eight grand. Is this, I want to know if this is over the phone or in an email? Email. Okay, so you're like typing this yeah, thing. Yeah, all slow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm typing it $8,000 right. daily rate. Daily rate. Whatever. For you, for your appearance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then the backboards. The backboards, I think I told them they were like four grand a pop or something, <laughs> you know? I can't remember. Okay. It was stupid, you know? Like and quadruple, I was just, whatever. dude, I was just shooting. I was shooting half court shot, you know? Just Hail Mary. And um, he gets back. He's like, no on the daily rate. That's not happening. Like, we're going to give you like three or something. I can't remember what I got. And I was like, that's great. I don't care. And then he was like, cool on the backboards. Bro, and, and I was. And you make money on the backboards. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. yeah. And so I'm freaking out. I call my wife. I'm like, you're not going to believe what just happened, you know? And she's like, what the fuck? Like, I was like, we're good. I was like, this is it. And uh, yeah, two weeks later, I'm at the Jordan thing. And like, we had a, I had an interview with uh, Tinker Hatfield, which was fucking huge, dude. And like, I don't know, a bunch of ball players like Russell Westbrook came and checked my hand. He's like, yo, these are dope, you know? It was wild. You're crazy. <laughs> You're crazy. If I was your father, like, and you rented that storefront space, I would kick your ass. Yeah, it was really stupid. How are you going to drop eight grand out of an available with 10? With two kids. With two kids. With, <laughs> even if you sold everything in the space, you're yeah. not making back the eight grand. Yeah, that was pretty stupid. But you believed in this cultural currency, I'll yeah, call it. I was, you knew that if you got enough mass appeal, you would be too, able to turn too, it. There's too much energy, bro, happening. Like, I was like, 
this this has to work. <laughs> like literally getting thousands. I don't know of if I would tell you to do. Even if I knew the outcome, I wouldn't advise you to do that again. I, it was just one of those. I was like, I got to put it out there. I got to let the world see this thing, you know. And yeah. um, uh, dude, I, I don't. 2017 is a blur for me because right. after that, it was fucking crazy. Like I just. I did that show and I was like happy, mm-hmm. and then I did the, the Jordan thing. Yeah, and then I was like, I need to do another show. Where did you meet Frank Cook? Was he at your pop up? No, Wish. He was a buyer at no, Wish no, ATL the, when he when oh. he told you about the opportunity. This was just over the phone. Um, so he had just seen it on the internet and stuff, and he hit you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was like, Yo, I'm gonna be in town next week. Mm-hmm. I'm a ten and a half, and so I painted a pair for him. And then he wore them to a Jordan event, and everyone at Jordan was like, uh, Oh, you know the guy. Yeah, because at the start, I'm telling you, she was popping at the time, right? And so he was like, "Yeah, yeah, we got to work with this guy." I don't know how he did it, but mm-hmm. he pulled it off. And mm-hmm. thank you, Frank Cook, you're the fucking man. Shit, what a roller coaster, dude! Crazy. Man, that is the definition of striking when the iron is hot. Knowing when to kick things off, right when the momentum is bubbling, takes. I'll say it, stupid amounts of guts. There's always apprehension and second guessing, but if there is no plan B, what else can you do but go all in? It's wild to think. And like I said when talking to Josh, I would probably never advise it, but you have to respect his hustle. It's those who take the risks that leave with the big wins. What's important is not just the art that he creates, but the practice of the actual business that he's dealing with. The NBA All-Star Jordan event wasn't some overnight pop-up shop. This was the major leagues. And when these opportunities come up, a level of professionalism and accountability has to be there in order to land these projects. Even for an artist, making the art is just half the battle. You still have to close that deal. I'm sure Josh isn't the only one who didn't know what their daily rate was, or even what a daily rate is. Do what he did. Talk to your friends, peers, and mentors to really gauge what a standard rate would be, as well as everything that goes into it. A lot of factors will be involved, depending on the type of project, your experience, where the project is being done, what elements are going into the project, what the overall process will be. For example, how many consultation sessions are there? How many revisions are allowed by the client? Am I designing something or am I a brand ambassador or am I both? All of these elements matter. And about how to price your work? Well, the cost of your time plus materials is standard, but again, it's on you to dictate that. Many factors are involved, but it's important to consider as much of them as possible, especially early on as you build more work. One of the worst things to hear is stories of creatives being taken advantage of through their inability to dictate their rates and know their value. Knowing your worth isn't just a cool catchphrase. It is the smart way to do business. But I got to say, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but even after the Jordan check, yeah. you're still not like popping bottles and sending your kids to private school. No, fuck no. I'm, st- I'm still <laughs> not doing that today. You know? <laughs> no, you're just like, we could eat till June. <laughs> yeah, straight up. I mean, dude, I had nothing planned for the rest of the year. No projects, no collabs, yeah. no nothing. Uh-huh. I was just like, I need to keep pushing this. You know. But I feel like after that, that's like the momentum never stopped after that. Yeah. 
it hasn't, right? There's been no lulls since. I mean, we have, you know, some slow weeks or months or whatever, but then my business side comes in and I'm like, we got to make product or yeah. something, you know? Yeah, now you could self-perpetuate your own yeah, yeah, stuff. Yeah. Right. What was the next... I mean, you've done a lot of big projects. Yeah. Can you chronologically like name off the ones after Jordan? So Jordan happens, then Hotel Roosevelt hits me, and I paint a whole hallway in there for mad cheap. Um, just again, like I, cheap I didn't know. Like, oh, okay. You know, like I didn't know what was going to happen. I just, I was like, I got to keep going. Mm-hmm. It was like a drug. You yeah, know? yeah. And then uh, T-Mobile hit us, and we like went up to seattle and then like what'd you and do then, for t-mobile like, they just wanted um we bought an old like telephone post off of ebay uh-huh. uh dennis Tedisco was working for niche at the time uh-huh. and he put the whole thing together and so we went up to seattle and like painted this thing and there was like 40 influencers there and they like gave him phones and it was just like a photogenic moment type yeah, of thing yeah um but for t-mobile this is like now telecommunications budgets yeah did you think now I'm going to know how to charge. Or? No, Dennis, Dennis put that deal together. But Dennis hit me and he's he like, this is how much number. money they have. And, and you like, were very happy with the number. A dollar is a dollar to me. You know what I'm saying? Can, Can you, you say what the T-Mobile budget was for you? Uh, nah. <laughs> <laughs> tell, tell, me, tell me in terms of automobiles. Um, is it like a three series? No way. No, 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 no. This maybe like a used three series with like a dent, you know? It, was, gotcha. it definitely was. No, a Camry? No, I wish. Uh, less for sure. Oh, okay, okay. Beat up Camry. Okay, yeah. <laughs> okay, it was, a, it was a very old used car. <laughs> Yaris. Um, got you. And we did that, and then uh, yeah, we just and then at the same time, I was still doing the cone thing. I'm dropping off cones. Right. I'm uh, buying shit on eBay. Like I think I bought I like bought a Mickey Mouse coin jar, painted it white, put it black, put it up. You know, like uh-huh. I was just doing little things here and there yeah. to keep. It but everything going. moves. Yeah. Everything you put up moves, right? Yeah, I mean, I'd, put, I'd like put up the Mickey Mouse, some guy DM me like 500 bucks, and I was like, deal. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I didn't give a shit. I was like, I, like this is great. Like, I couldn't sell a t-shirt for 500 bucks two years ago. I you know. know. It's amazing. Pause here for now and talk about, and I don't know if you've ever thought about it this way, but like misdirected energies. Like, classic, yeah. all your ideas, you know, like the agency, they all came out of your brain. Yeah. But it's almost like, you were like misfiring, yeah, and then you finally hit it, yeah. And like you said, like you couldn't move T-shirts. Now you can move five hundred dollars shit that you paid on from eBay. Yeah, that's crazy. Like, did you ever go into retrospective about like how the fuck did I nail this? I mean, honestly, dude, I'm a firm believer in everything happens for a reason, mm-hmm. and it was just that time for the world, like for that like moment to happen. Yeah, yeah. you know. Uh, with so many communities like involved is the other thing it's right. like you know it's like this art, art sneaker yeah. like whatever totally um but no i mean it, you know again firm believer everything happens for a reason and like everything i did was just like school mm-hmm. you know yeah. working for the hundreds working for russ was crazy but That's i learned sir. so much yeah. you know and even like when i think about sir there was this moment where do you remember the dead body exhibit at magic yes i did that Oh. So, like, obviously it was Russ's idea. Yeah, yeah. But, like, I was the one that, like, went and got the fucking dead body. And, like, I, like, smeared the blood and, uh-huh. like, put coke everywhere or fake coke everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And, like, I you know, that. I set it up. I designed it for him to approve. And then I went to Vegas and did it. And I remember doing that. And I was like, fuck, I'm really good at this. Uh-huh. And I'd never done it before. Right. You know, and I was like, and then that's when I had a conversation with Russ. Like, let me just be this guy. Because I was doing sales at the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then he was like, yes. Let's do this. And okay. so I became his, like, you know, experiential, like, crazy Producer. art shit. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Um, yeah, you were, you were learning, you were honing your craft and, like, 
yeah. adjusting your aim really yeah and throughout all these like yeah you know, everything i've done put like got me here yeah and it's a reason why things are are happening the way that they are right now mm -hmm. it's because i can understand different situations of one project yeah. right from knowing how to charge to creating product and what that timeline's like and just you know everything else that's happening it's like it's from having the brand it's from having the agency it's from dude i was a fucking volunteer firefighter and for riverside when i was 19 and oh, like wow. having that drive and yeah, being yeah. able to run 10 miles and pushing your body and like just crazy shit right you know? all of it is like yeah. check boxes in your yeah. life so um so where are you at right now um Has, is there a project right now where you're like i'm pinching myself because i can't believe i'm working on x i mean yeah yes 100 percent. but also even last year dude we did the mlb all-star game like mm -hmm. I'm a huge baseball fan. I have a Yankee tattoo on my hand, you know? And, like, I'm watching Aaron Judge in my installation, and he's like, this is sick. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> freaking out, you know? There's been, dude, like, it's, it's like, unfair. I've had so, last year was crazy, you yeah. know? Finishing the year off with Herschel. Like, right. fucking, I love Herschel. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, like, we were working together, and they were paying me. Like, it was, it doesn't make any, I was, you know, I pinch yeah. myself every day, dude. So MLB hits me up, DM like MLB little guy. Blue like, check. Yeah. MLB blue yeah, check yeah. hits you up. Hey, okay. what's up? You know, we love your work. Uh, I'm like, what You must the have fuck? been like, this is, someone's trolling my ass right now. They're like, hey, we want to work with you. Da -da -da. How do we get in touch? I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, you know, info at joshuavitas.com. Mm -hmm. Email, hey, uh, All-Star Game's about a month away. You know, I just wanted to see some interest if you have anything in mind. And da -da -da. I was like, let's do a locker room. Like, I already, I was ready, you yeah. know? They're like, cool, cool. And like, what's that look like, you know, cost-wise? And break it down to them. They're like, okay, like, we'll get back to you. A couple weeks pass by, nothing. Right. Then they hit me up again and they're like, hey, like, um, okay, it's happening. And now mm -hmm. it's like two weeks away. And uh, they're like, so. And they want you to do your whole thing in the locker room. Yeah, Turn yeah. the locker room into yeah. your canvas, yeah. But up until then, you know, something like painting the telephone pole for T-Mobile or, you know, a, a shipping container for Red Bull in Miami, like, they were like, we're not building anything for you. Mm -hmm. So like, you got to do it all. Yeah. And we had never done that yet. Uh -huh. And so I was like, okay. And I was like, what's the space look like? Yeah. And she's like, it's a locker room, like a locker room behind home base. And she's like, it can't be a drop of paint in there. There can't be nothing. <laughs> no scratches. Whoa. Like this shit's got to look exactly the same. And I'm like, how the fuck am I going to, yeah. We're going to vinyl wrap everything like, or build like plywood and so, like recreate it we built three walls in the floor on top of the existing in, wall. in the in right. the locker so you made like a shell yeah but the best part is she goes so i'm like okay so what's this look like can we build everything in there and she's mm -hmm. like oh fuck no she's like you have like six hours to set the whole thing up and i'm like what <laughs> what do you want from me here? yeah dude and so i'm like what but it was it was a huge bag and it was a huge opportunity mm -hmm. you know and i was like i gotta figure this thing out and so i'm like calling my dad me and my dad used to build shit as a kid all the time I'm like how the fuck i pull this off and he's like well you need a warehouse or something because it was uh 30 by 30 feet it was fucking huge one one locker room right yeah okay 20 lockers 20 chairs yeah. and bats balls whatever he's like you got to build a floor because you can't touch her floor mm -hmm. he's like you got to make sure this thing's sturdy as fuck because you don't want to kill an mlb guy nope. you know and i'm like okay and so now i'm like on the internet looking for warehouses to rent for fucking three days ahead nearby. of time yeah nearby right. didn't find shit <laughs> and so me ron bobby 
three fucking guys. And Ron was the only one working for me at the time. Bobby's just like my homie who lives by me, you know. <laughs> um, we fly to Washington in a shitty hotel. And somebody, thank God, I think it, it was Ian. Ian was like, this guy DMs me like, I got a space, free, don't worry about it. And okay. I'm like, fuck, to yeah. Just put the stuff in. For the sake of art. Like, right. you can build it here. Because I kind of briefly said what I wanted yeah, to yeah. do. And so we rent a U-Haul. Uh-huh. We go to Home Depot, spend, I don't know, $5,000, you know, just wood, wood and fucking saws <laughs> and everything, you know. And we're in this fucking warehouse, July, summer, Washington, D.C., dying, like mosquito bites. It's the worst <laughs> shit ever. So we build this whole thing out. And did you mock it up in this warehouse? Yeah. So, yeah, so we had to put up. The, okay. So this is the fun part. I'm like, time to put up the walls. Uh-huh. Never done this. Yeah. Calling my dad, FaceTiming, like, dude, like, and dude, the wall, like, Ron's holding the wall. One falls, <laughs> breaks. We, it was already all painted. You know, I'm freaking out, like, fuck, you knocked over a locker. And, like, the locker was done. And that's day before. Yeah. We hadn't even set it up. And so finally we get the walls to stand. Very ugly looking. And I'm like, okay, now we have to break everything down, mm-hmm. wrap everything up, put it back in the U-Haul, and then we had to wake up at four in the morning to fucking unload. And so And hope it fits into the and locker. Hope room. this thing doesn't break, yeah. man. Like, and so the best part is, you know, up until now, we haven't even met face to face with MLB. Okay. They're like, hey, we're gonna be there at 4 a.m. You know, we need parking passes. Da, 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 da. So we're loading it, you know, like, <laughs> oh and they're like, there's only three of you. <laughs> Yeah. And I was like, yeah, this is just like a tight team, you know? And like, dude, we're like unwrapping everything. And they're like, everything's in here. Like, I was like, yeah. And so they're like, dude, I remember looking at their faces. They're like, there's no, like, did right. I just fuck up right. by like, hiring this guy? Yeah. Dude. Like, they were like, we just got conned. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> Straight up. Firefest, bro. <laughs> and so, <laughs> oh, this was a great day. So we go in and I finally look at the space and all the measurements are off. Yeah. So I'm like, oh my God, we have to like cut this. So dude, like Bobby runs back to the warehouse. He's cutting wood five in the morning to Mm -hmm. fit this thing now that wasn't going to fucking fit. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're putting up walls, dude. And like, you you can tell when there's like a not sturdy, you know what I'm saying? Like they walked in and they're like, is this safe? And I was like, yeah, no, it's going to be great. It just looks crazy right now. Like, you know, and obviously at the end of it, it was like, it was perfect, but um, damn, dude, it's like twelve o'clock, and like at one o'clock, the players are gonna walk in, and so we're still like fixing shit, touching up because shit got damaged on uh-huh. the drive there. I'm like painting shit. I like look at them. I'm like, no one can sit on these chairs because they're still wet, and they're like, where the fuck is everyone gonna sit on? You know, like it was fucking. And so like we get a fan, and like I'm like, okay, there's two chairs that people can sit on. These are the two <laughs> chairs sitting in the fans. Right. Everything else is still wet, and. uh <laughs> She's like, okay, cool. It's like 12.30 now. She's like, guys, they're going to be here in 30 minutes. And we're like, like sweeping and shit. Like I'm like drawing an MLB player on the wall, whatever. And it was really like 12.50. Like I stand back. I'm like, I need to take a picture. Like take a picture. I'm like, wait, get me in there. I'm like, I'm like sitting there like sweating. Is it working? Yeah. And then we sit there and then she's like, cool. Uh, Aaron Judge is outside. And I was like, bring him in. (laughs) Dude, we're just like standing there watching him. Like, and he's like, yo, what up? You know? And you finished it 10 minutes prior? Yeah, I was like, yo, don't touch those chairs. He's like, yeah, no sweat. You know, like, and uh, I remember we go back to the room and we're like, we did it. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. And she calls us and she's like, oh, uh, it's going to be done in like four hours. So you guys got to come break everything down. Right. And we didn't have no idea. That you had to take it down. Yeah. And so we had to take everything down and leave the whole place spotless. So uh, it was up for like four hours. 
Did you get paid prior or after? Uh, I got. I got. I got a full wire like thirty minutes after we finished. That was part of the contract. Amazing, dude. Was that seven series money? That was like a few seven series. Nice. Yeah, that shit was. Shout, out, like to shout out to the MLB. <laughs> <laughs> a fleet of seven series. Insane. <laughs> Yo, that is an amazing story. Yeah, they must have been like were. were they happy the afterwards? Hypes. Oh my god! Okay. They're so happy, and it was like if you go back, dude. Like we took over the Instagram and like the, all the ball players in there. There was like on, on the MLB screen, yeah, during the game, like like Aaron Judge like fake swinging a bat. You know, it was like it was, it was a pretty big deal, Damn. and they were hyped. Yeah, they were super hyped. But they were like, "This is three of you, <laughs> dude. You should have. Oh, that was the best. Hopping out, and we're you know like just sweating. Yeah, and they're like." And you should see, do the U-Haul just like, and it was just like, shit, mm-hmm. bubble wrapped. Right. And they're like, and I'm like, oh, that one's not dry. That's <laughs> <laughs> wild, dude. Well, okay, now talk about the Chucks. Oh, so. Converse. Dude, I wish I could talk about, like, I'm just going to briefly say it, but like, the, it was, it was talking to me and I thought that was it. Yeah. And uh, we were talking for like months. Uh-huh. And then it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Another very depressing time in, in life. Because mm-hmm. I kind of made the call. And I was like, I walked away from that. It was crazy. That was a whole other podcast as well. No, no, no. It's this podcast. All right. So <laughs> Wait, why did you... What was the thing where you had to walk? Um, I don't want to like... I, I, I got love for, for... You know, 100%. The deal just didn't make sense for me. You know, it was... Ba- Long story short, it was yeah. two years, you know... A bunch of things obviously that they wanted from me mm-hmm. you know and then um there just wasn't any product guaranteed and i was like there wasn't oh product to be released yeah 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 okay and then i see there wasn't a collaboration guarantee they were just like look it's gonna happen but we can't we like right, we right, don't right. know yeah and i was just like i don't feel comfortable with that uh-huh. you know um and then at the end they like threw a shoe at me they're like oh do this and i was like no you know it <laughs> was, was it a, not the shoe you wanted to do it was uh no, definitely not. It was um, God, I forget what it's called all the time. I don't know. It's not a shoe like that anyone's wearing, you know. And uh, a retro shoe or a new, more brand mo- new. It's like a running shoe. I don't know what the fuck is it called. Well, it's kind of dope. Actually. I don't know. I just <laughs> I, can't, I can't lie. It's pretty dope. I just well, well the, also they were just like we have to do this very quickly and yeah. so like I didn't I couldn't get crazy on the thing they're like just put your art on the top right layer and right. I was like that's not happening right I wanted to do a box and fucking removable velcro yeah, yeah. panel like they're like no way like you're changing mm-hmm. the laces and like putting your art on the top and I was right. like that's cheating um, I'm not trying to like Nike ID this shit right now like. that honestly that's what it was like and you know who knows what would have happened if I would have signed that deal it was a shitload of money and I walked away from it and I remember like I was really down for a few days because mm. like I grew up with nothing and it was really hard to do that you mm-hmm. know um, and I was out here I'm in New York and Nuo who's now at Nike he's like yo you're in town I'm like yeah he's like we're doing this thing tonight with Chinatown come by mm-hmm. I was like cool roll up Chinatown market yeah, yeah yeah shout out to Mike um go over there what up yo let's go get drinks cool mm-hmm. and there had been no previous conversation to this it was just like yo what's good Da-da-da. go to dinner and he's like so if we did a shoe what would the shoe look like and I was like I don't know like are a you Nike? calling no uh converse, converse yeah. okay and you know I'm like I don't know but I can you know 
if you're, if you're telling me I have a shoe, I'll figure it out. Uh-huh. You know, he's like, we're thinking about doing this thing, this pack next summer, you know, it'd be you and somebody else and, you know, large quantities and da 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 da. And like, are you even interested? And I'm like, dude, yeah. And I tell him the whole story. I'm like, this oh, wow. is perfect time. This is literally like four days after I say no to this crazy deal. Yeah. And, um, I'm like, let's go. Mm-hmm. What, like, yes, 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 yes. And he's like, all right, I got to go talk to the guys and, the, you know, the team and da da da. And I'm like, fuck. Like, and then, like, a few weeks later, he hits me. He's like, it's happening. Uh-huh. And uh, we had just announced that we were doing the Reality 2 Idea Tour, which we drove at U-Haul cross country. Mm-hmm. And we were going to go to Boston and do it at Concepts. Okay. And I was like, I'll come to the headquarters that day. And he was like, cool. Yeah. And then... You know, a few days later, we were in Boston. And then you designed it right there on the spot? Yeah, I mean, they made it very clear. They're like, listen, this is like a, a very, very large, like, footlocker conversation. Right. You know? Like, um, big quantity, not yeah, tier yeah, zero Yeah, we're shit. not going to make yeah. a thousand pairs. So right. they're like... Uh, Which is good, no? Like, from, I wasn't, your, from yeah. your compensation standpoint, doesn't that get you more money? No, there's no royalties involved. It was just, uh, like, a design okay. fee. Okay. And then they're like, yeah, there's going to be a bunch of exhibitions and stuff going on. So, you'll, you know, you'll get paid that way or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so they're like, look, the problem is we're on a really tight timeline. Like, so you have to design it basically today and mm-hmm. we get one run at a sample. You have to design it right here in Boston before you leave this meeting. Basically like, <laughs> you know, they're like, there's no time. And I was like, cool. And so, you know, I had already, I knew the meeting was coming. So, so I drew the yeah. shoe out. It was done like okay, in my okay. head. And so I'm like, okay. So, and I'm like explaining to them what the Converse Chuck Taylor means to me, mm-hmm. you know, and thinking about growing up and how it was like a form of expression opposed to a sneaker, yeah. you know, and, Ed, you know, the, I don't know, the gangbangers had red and blue laces, the right. big fat ones, or they stuffed it, you mm-hmm. know, and then like the the punk guy had the pins and, you know, torn up shit. Everyone's Chuck Taylor looked different to yeah, me yeah. growing up. And so I was like, I want to find a way to, to help them express themselves mm-hmm. even more so. And so the Velcro idea came up and they were like, heesh, I don't know if that's going to pass like tests, mm-hmm. like wear tests. Yeah, because the whole upper is a Velcro. Yeah. And, um, you know, I was like, I want the top to be their thing. Yeah. Like I want, you know, the owner of these shoes the, for the top portion of the entire shoe to be their shit. Right. And then like my soul get, just gets carried on every mm-hmm. shoe, you know. Cool. Um they're like, this is how many pairs we're producing. And I'm like, fuck. And uh, they're like, it's going to be fine. Like, we're going to, you know, it's going to be great. And it was just a high number. Um, and I was like, cool. Well, it is what it is. We have to do this deal. And it just felt right. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. opposed to the thing. I was like, this is it. Right. I'm going to get a Converse Chuck Taylor, which I love. Mm-hmm. I love the product. And you're getting a shoot, your name on a shoe. Yeah. For like a fraction of what the <laughs> deal was, you know? Yeah. But it just felt so good, you uh-huh. know? And I was like, this is right. You right. know, and so yeah, signed that contract and just waited for the sample to come. That's crazy that you went with your gut feeling over the 100%. bank percent, the bank, the, the the zeros, the big bag. <laughs> so long. <laughs> <laughs> but you never; these things always come. No, around. I'm not, dude. I'm not tripping. It's like again, I, everything happens for a reason, and you know, I spoke after and i was like yo like you know for maybe we can figure out something out later Mm -hmm. you know i don't know this just didn't it wasn't the right place right time and he's like no i get it you know totally understand so Mm -hmm. it was cool nice so it came out and how was the how was the reaction fantastic yeah we uh we launched at complex con fucking probably craziest line there i don't know did you go to chicago no okay um wild Mm -hmm. um sold out and then I got a few pairs to sell on my online store and fucking I've never seen anything like that before. Sold out in seconds. It was scary. 
and then uh, globally they they launched uh, you know Full Locker you know, Concepts Bodega et cetera et cetera. So they did do the tier zero stores. Yeah, um, but it was mainly for Foot Locker. Like they're the ones that were like also combined into the complex con situation. Okay, you know, right? Like that um, was their allocation. Yes. Okay. Exactly. Uh, but now it, it was much much greater than I thought it was going to be for sure. I was yeah. nervous as fuck. Damn, that's amazing, man. When calculating your worth and knowing the value of your talent, maybe, just maybe, it's not all about the dollars. I'm sure Josh knows exactly what his day rate is now compared to the Jordan project that he did just a few years ago. But that dollar amount should be your compensation, not your driving factor. Your worth is your reputation as well. So when an opportunity comes in front of you and everything seems right at first, like it's the right brand you like and it's a check that you really like, a lot of people will probably just take it. But when it comes down to your work, that is one thing that should never be compromised is the essence of it. For whatever reason, the first deal Josh had in his hand just didn't feel right. And he trusted his gut. If it's not meant to be, then it's not meant to be. And there's no point in forcing it. Who knows? Maybe an even better opportunity will come around for that same brand one day. So when collaborating with brands, I cannot stress enough the need for there to be a real purpose. There are just too many damn collaborations today. And I know I'm guilty of adding a few to the pile here and there. But knowing that, you have to be able to contribute something new and meaningful to the category. This is your opportunity to say something on a big stage, riding on the reputation of a big brand. And with great power comes great responsibility. So use it wisely. So now that you've um, sort of gotten a chance to sample all of these different careers in your life, yeah. if there's a young kid coming up and he's like, what should I do? Should I be an artist? Should I have my own brand? Should I work for a brand? Yeah. What, which one should I do? What would you suggest? I mean, do them all, you know, if you can. <laughs> um, it's really difficult to do, but um, I just, I didn't go to college, you mm -hmm. know, and um, I moved to LA to, you know, take that risk of working for the hundreds and not really making that much money, but I just knew where the energy was and where it wasn't, you mm -hmm. know, and so I treated everywhere that I worked at just like school, you know what I'm saying? Like, how can I get better here yeah and asking questions and doing shit that i probably wasn't even supposed to be doing you know like the the rust installation i was doing sales mm -hmm. right you know and i was like i'll do it mm -hmm. you know and he <laughs> yeah. was like okay you know and then that that happened you right, know right and then that got me the job back at the hundreds doing west coast sales and that was like a that was the first time i got like a salary with like health benefits and like i was like oh shit and i was working there like three years before making seven dollars an hour yeah you know but no it, it's I, I've enjoyed, well, there's been pros and cons to everything. Right. I mean, I love what I'm doing right now. I get to do whatever the fuck I want every day, you know, and we got a tight team. And Are there any cons to life right now? Yeah. No, dude, it's stressful. It's very stressful. It doesn't look stressful. I just have there's to keep going. But how and, is the stress of that compared to the stress of 
seeing a warehouse full of t-shirts that aren't selling. Oh them. yeah, I mean that sucked for sure. <laughs> I th- it's just it's it's different. It's just different energy, you know. And mm-hmm. it's like right now, it's like for like we just did a Fendi collaboration, which <laughs> is insane. And then we did the Converse shoe, right? Yeah. So like I'm setting expectations, and like people are looking work. at the quality of work, and then just like, where, where is he Fendi going now? It's crazy. I have to admit, when I saw the Fendi one, I was like. Is this him just trolling nope. Fendi? Nope, legit. <laughs> Craziest shit of my life, dude. I'm still tripping about it. We're, yeah. talk, we're gonna do round two next year. That's insane. Insane. Wow. Yeah. How's the money from Fendi? Uh, it was cool. Um, I mean, it's great, dude. Right. I still trip about a hundred bucks. You know. Yeah. Um, you still trip when people like pay for your art. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, everything, dude, every day is fucking an adventure, man. We don't know what's going to happen, you mm-hmm. know, and uh, fortunately, the economy's in a place right now where there's these large marketing budgets and, you know, collaborative things going That's on. That's a crazy thing now. Like, there's no industry of consumer goods that is not aware of street culture, sneaker culture, yeah. limited edition culture. Like, I get hit up from, like, toilet paper companies, like, Boom. yogurt brand, like, whatever. <laughs> it's, like, it boggles my mind. Yeah. We're definitely getting some crazy, you know, DMs and emails, and it's, like, this, I, I don't like, do them because yeah. they don't make sense, you know? Right. But, again, like, how long is the economy going to be in this place, you know? So then it's, like, I'm, in my head, I'm, like, okay, what am I doing besides this? Because mm-hmm. I got to be good after. Like, if shit, if yeah. shit hits the fan tomorrow, I got to be okay, you know? So I want to ask you about that as an artist, right, who is so known for one look. Yeah. Do you feel a need to like advance and innovate right now? Or do you feel like, let me just sit in the pocket and really like hammer this home? No, I'm always trying to advance, man. Like, you know, I, I don't know what I'm going to be doing in five years. Mm-hmm. Like, we're about to open a coffee shop in a few months. <laughs> and like, for real? Yeah, in LA. We just signed the lease. Uh, just a coffee shop that yeah. doesn't sell art or anything? Uh, I'll probably have some canvases up or something, but okay. just fire just ass literally coffee. a cafe. Yeah, I've always wanted to do that. And, and will you design all the cups and saucers everything. and all yeah, that it's shit? Yeah, crazy. Oh. Yeah. What's and it going to be called? Matte black coffee. Nice. Yeah. Perfect. And so, uh, you know, that might be something that I really get invested in and might take over my life. I don't know. You know, mm-hmm. like, I love being a dad. I love spending time with my kids. Like, what's happening right now is great. I love it. I like, and I'm having fun right now. And that's yeah. all I know. You yeah. know, like that might change. I, dude, I loved Classic. Like, again, I have tattoos on my body of that brand. And yeah. for whatever reason, I got there and I was just like, I need to go do something else. So right. I think my mind's always advancing, thinking ahead, mm-hmm. always, you know, what's next. Um, and you seem to have an awareness that it could also all go away. Bro, always. You always have to, you know, you have to have your head on a swivel at all times. You know, what is uh, hope for the best, expect the worst. Mm-hmm. Every day, Yeah, you know. So even sometimes, like, we'll get a deal in front of our face, and I'm like, there's still a chance this might not happen. Mm-hmm. So, like, chill. Yeah. Just treat it right. like everything else, you Me know? Too. Until the ink is dry on that contract. And then, cool, it's dope. Right. You know? But, get, yeah. But then it's like, let's get to work. For sure, like, at the beginning of this whole thing, like, we were getting deals, and they'd be in my face, and I'd be freaking out, telling my wife, telling my parents, <laughs> and then it doesn't work, and then, like, I'm fucking, you know? I can only imagine that conversation when you were, like, just, <laughs> everyone was like, yo, Life. Bro, everyone, like every, all the homies, are, it was, it was gonna happen. Like I was ready, yeah, you know, and uh, yeah, it was rough. rough. <laughs> wow, um, no, that's amazing, man. That's really, really dope. So, like, yeah, what's next now? You know, we had a gallery show last night. Great response. Mm-hmm. That was my first time showing, showing in the as, U.S. Like an, as art yes, on the wall, canvas. Yeah. You know. Um, which is very stressful, you know, and it's like you got to price this thing, and you're not represented in. by a gallery. No, no, no. 
Um, I just, you know, the opportunity came up and I was like, I need to do this. I need mm-hmm. to try this mm-hmm. and see how I feel about it, you know. And uh, so far it's been great. You yeah. know, like the response was fantastic. Um, Is there any desire for you to get represented like in a traditional art forum? I mean, I'm not, I'm not there. Like if the conversation came up today, I don't know. But, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, uh, again, I have no idea what I'm doing. So, um, <laughs> you know, right now it's, I, I enjoyed what just happened. Like yeah. I liked that. So now I'm like, okay, let's go find some other galleries to work with, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and then that pushes me to create new work, which is fantastic, you yeah. know, um, and get weirder and try new shit, which is always fun, you know. Um, we have some big projects coming out for the rest of the year. Some shit already lined up for next year. I think the coffee shop is probably going to be the next big wave of energy from from me at least. You yeah. know, I'm, I'm putting a lot of energy and time into that. And yeah, I don't know, just trying to get better, you mm-hmm. know, uh, whether it's painting or handling business, being a dad, yeah. you know, like I'm just... I just want to get better, you know? Right. Yeah, always learning, always yeah. improving. That's awesome, man. Great way to end it. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, thanks a lot. Sick. Yeah. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks for listening to all the amazing stories in the life and times of Joshua Videz. As always, you can find out more about the show and listen to past episodes at hypebeast.com slash radio. We now have over 500 reviews and a stellar 5.0 rating on Apple Podcasts. So please keep shouting us out and telling us what you think of the show. I truly, truly appreciate it. In fact, I'm going to read one of these bad boys right now because I'm kind of feeling myself. All right. Eno Lana gave a five-star review and said, I listen to the business of hype while I do my homework for art school or while I'm driving. This is some of the most substantial content available right now. It feels like listening to books written by these creators. If Jeff Staple had a book, I would read it because he is so good at bringing out the gold in people. It also helps to know that the tension of business and design isn't only felt by some. I love this podcast. I feel inspired to do all the time. Thank you, Enolana, for that amazing review. So do me a solid and tell just one other friend about this episode. Maybe it's someone who's aspiring to find themselves through art or branding. I have a feeling they're going to thank you for the suggestion. We also occasionally answer listener questions on the show. So if you have a question, shoot it over to me on Twitter. I'm at Jeff Staple. The Business of Hype is created in collaboration with Bright Young Things. You can check out their work at byt.nyc. Our director is Daniel Novetta. Our audio engineer is David Rogers Berry. Our audio interludes are composed by Gabe Darling. Our associate producers are Sydney Pacumpra and Christina Hong. This episode was recorded live on location at the Staple headquarters in downtown New York, the city that is so expensive you could never dream to afford a BMW 7 Series. I'm Jeff Staple, and you've been listening to The Business of Hype on Hype Beast Radio. 